you know that the Shema was once 70% longer than it was now? Did you ever wonder when Jews stopped interrupting reading the Shema by placing Baruch Shem Kavod between the first verse, Shema, and the verse Ve'ahavta, which are normally next to each other in every Sefer Torah? And finally, what is the hidden connection between the Shema and the Ten Commandments? You're listening to the Tanakh Talks podcast live from Alon Shvud in Jerusalem, and today we'll be talking about the Shema. One of the central parshiot, one of the central sections of this week's Torah reading, Bet Hanan. Now, the Shema seems relatively simple. For millennium Jews have been saying the Shema. Josephus, for example, he describes how when they said Hakel, he describes it very nicely that the high priest stood on a raised platform, all of Israel should be able to hear. And the first mitzvah Josephus mentions that the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, says is the Shema. And that every two times every day, a person should acknowledge to God the gifts he's been given, and he took them out of Mitzrayim and say thanks for everything that he did. This is Josephus. It's in the Antiquities, chapter 4, 212. That's interesting, that this would be the first commandment. But the one thing Josephus did not say about Shema is what we normally assume about Shema. That Shema is a declaration of monotheism. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Josephus never mentions it at all. Instead, he talks about that you should have appreciation and gratitude for what God has done. Remember leaving Egypt. So this is the Shema, though. And the Shema appears in many ancient sources. Of course, it's the first mitzvah that we read in the Mishnah, the Talmud. But then the Talmud goes on and says something fascinating. That if you thought that the 248 words of the Shema were long enough, in the time of the Beit HaMikdash, they added another 172 words. And what 172 words am I referring to? The Ten Commandments, in Hebrew, the Aserda Dibrot. This was the Minhag of the Beit HaMikdash, to say the Aserda Dibrot, to say the Ten Commandments, along with Shema. Now, they took it out because the Minim, which we generally assume to mean the Christians, had, there was a group of sect of Jews at the time who said, we say the Ten Commandments because that's all that the Torah really wants from us, the Ten Commandments, nothing else. Implication, you only need to do Ten Commandments, not all 613. And because of people believing that, the danger of that heresy spreading, the rabbis took the Ten Commandments out of Shema. So we once said a Shema of 420 words, 70% longer than the 245 plus 3 that we say nowadays. But it still doesn't answer this question, why would the Aserity broke? Why would the Ten Commandments be in the Shema in the first place? So I want to go back to a point we made last week about the nature of the book of Deuteronomy, Sefer Devarim. This book has three major parts. From chapters 1 to chapter 4, we have Moshe, Moses, giving a warning to the Jewish people. Don't make the mistakes of the previous generation. The first three chapters talk about mistakes made by the generation beforehand, the generation that was doomed and destined to stay in the desert for 40 years, and to the new generation that is privileged to go into the land of Israel, don't repeat the mistakes that they did. Chapter 5 begins a whole new section. Listen, Israel, to the laws and statutes, Kukim and Mishpatim, which I am teaching you this day. Learn them and keep them. And this lo- speech is a long speech. It begins in chapter 5, and it doesn't end until chapter 26. The third section of Devarim is chapters 27 to 30, where the covenant is repeated with all sorts of fascinating repetitions and variations we will talk about when we get there in the weekly Torah reading. But what is the first set of Chukim and Mishpatim? What is the first law that Moshe actually teaches us? Interestingly enough, it's not a law per se. What is it? It is a recitation, again, of the Ten Commandments. Go back, he says. Go back to Har Sinai, the source of everything. 
Do you remember what God told you? Do you remember that experience? Now, Moshe several times already in chapter 4 said, remember that unique experience, remember that you are special, remember that God spoke to you directly. And he again retells the story of the giving of the Ten Commandments. Hashem made a commandment with a, a covenant of authority. Hashem akene karati manu brit b'chorev. It wasn't just with your fathers. It was with all of us who are here today. Face to face, God spoke to you. Bahar mitocha esh, from the mountain out of the fire. I stood between you and God, and back and forth, and gave you the words, Hashem's words. And it goes on to tell you what these words are. And of course, all sorts of discussions, how it actually took place. I want to go to verse 19, however. Once it concludes the 10th commandment, what we call the 10th commandment, the 10th of the Debrot, the 10th of the utterances, Lo do not covet your neighbor's wife, do not cover your neighbor's house, his field, his servant, his maidservant, his ox, his donkey, and everything that he may have. And he concludes, Hashem spoke these words to your whole congregation of the mountain with the mighty voice of the fire, dense clouds, he inscribed two stones of tabs of stone which he gave to me. Et Hashem Hashem spoke these words, these devarim. So this is the Ten Commandments. And it has been pointed out by several scholars in the past two centuries. David Zvi Hoffman, Mordechai Breuer, Rav Yol Ben Nun. If you look carefully at the rest of Sefer Devarim, you will find that, in fact, the commandments are organized according to the Ten Commandments. If the first commandment is, I am Hashem, the next several chapters in the book of Deuteronomy talk about the nature of Hashem. The next commandment is, do not worship Avodah Zarah. And then it goes on to discuss different variations and predations of Vodazara. The third commandment is, do not take God's name in vain. And then it discusses, you shall be careful with God's name, both in terms of places you may conquer, things that you destroy, but do not do this because this is where Hashem will set up his name. Hashem will set up the Mikdash, Hashem will set up the central place to worship, because that's where his name will rest, a false prophet who speaks in God's name. The emphasis throughout several chapters is on God's name. You start to see that the Ten Commandments serve as a skeletal structure for how Moshe teaches the people all the commandments in the Torah, or at least reviews it to them, this being the Mishnah Torah in the book of Devarim, in the book of Deuteronomy. So now let's, what's the role played by Shema? Well, if the first commandment is, I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt, the first commandment that Moshe teaches them in chapter 6 is, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. God is one. And then he continues immediately. That you should love Hashem with all your heart, with all your soul and your might. And now the clincher here, listen carefully. And these words which I command you this day should be on your heart. We say this twice a day, that these words should be on your heart. But which words are the Devarim? Well, if you go back, and this is why I said we go back to verse chapter 5, verse 19. At the Devarim the last appearance of the word Devarim, what are the words that Shema says place on your heart? At the Devarim the most recent appearance of the word Devarim is the Ten Commandments. What Shema is saying is, take the Ten Commandments, the Devarim of chapter 5, and put them on your heart. That's the connection, that's the real connection between Shema and the Ten Commandments which unfortunately we don't feel nowadays because we don't say them together. And the Torah will go on. How does the section of the Second Commandment end? 
the second paragraph of Shema, which noticeably discusses you should not turn after other gods. And if you turn away, this is what will happen. These two paragraphs from Shema, in fact, are not only the bookends to this long speech from chapter 5 to chapter 11 in Devarim, they are the epitome of the first two commandments of the Aserah Debrot. There is really an inherent connection between the Shema and the Ten Commandments. Finally, let's go back to the question raised earlier. When did we start saying Baroshem Kavod Machotel Lambet? It's interesting that in all the Second Temple sources, including Josephus, they didn't say Baruch Shem Kavod Machotel Lambet. They read it as follows Shema Yisrael Hashem Okene Hashem Echad. Heroes of the Lord our God is the Lord is one. And I learned from my teacher, Professor James Kugel, that there you should really add it here and therefore. Since Hashem is one, therefore you should love Hashem with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might. As if there is the two verses flow one straight into the other. There's one long connected verse. However, come the time of the Christians, when all of a sudden this belief in Trinity, because Jews were never really threatened by the number games of idolatry, because there's one and there's many. But all of a sudden when one becomes three and all these games that the Christians began to play, oh, there's one, but there's three. So then... They separated the Shema, as it were, to make it into one declaration of monotheism. Only one God, no more. With that, we'll conclude here on a quick discussion of Shema. A Shabbat Shalom to everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful summer vacation. We hope to be back up and podcasting regularly next week. Until then, from the hills overlooking Jerusalem, I'm Yaakov Beasley. You've been listening to the Tanakh Talks Podcast.